0: And now, proper, 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 watching the cry. Pull my mic back. And like that, journalist were journalists too. We can strike back hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. Now if you're just tuning in to Civic Sacker, I'm your host, Rams is ja. I go by the name Q War. Yes indeed. Uh Pineapple lawyers is with us today. Hey. AKA Amy Owen, co-counsel with the civil rights attorney Stolen and Field Friedman. Alright, Stolen Friedman. Um, and we are talking about, well, really, we're standing in solidarity with our Asian-American uh, and Pacific Islander brothers and sisters. And now it is time to become a better ally. So I'm talking to black people. But if you have empathy, a beating heart, and you love it when we all get along a little bit better then you can do the same but i want you to follow some social media accounts to give you a glimpse into what it's like uh what what it's like to to be fully tapped into the goings-on for our asian-american and pacific islander brothers and sisters some of these social media accounts include asians never die that's on instagram another one that's on instagram is fighting asian hate um those two are two that we follow on our social media accounts uh civic cypher so if you forget these check out our account and uh follow who we follow um next shark at next shark is another one and that's a a website that we've referenced a lot so far in the show um and then there's a, a song that uh features raka iris science of the dilated peoples who also is my older brother who is also half korean um and the de facto uh producer of this show um he gave us a lot to talk about and unfortunately we're gonna have to put some more stuff in some other episodes but um the song is the lyrics born anti-remix it features Kutso, bohan phoenix lb Shing O2, and of course, Iris Science Raka of Dilated Peoples. Um, The song is to boost boost awareness and love, and it really reflects what's going on in the Asian community and with the Asian experience. Um, So again, uh, uh, the Lyrics Born Anti-Remix, be sure to get that, check it out, and follow those accounts. Now, a couple of things before I bring us to... um, where we need to be we didn't need to finish all this in the last part of the show, but um, there was a, a another post uh, this one came from the New York Post, and it was how a deranged man pushed an Asian woman uh, to her death at the Times Square subway station. Um, he was kind of suffering from some mental illness or something. It's assumed because he was saying that he did it because he's God. Uh, And that he that this woman took his jacket. Um, And I don't believe based on the story that they had any contact prior to him pushing her into the uh, in front of the subway. There was someone else he was going to push and then he just that woman got away and then he pushed this other woman who happened to be Asian. Um, No matter which way you tell yourself these stories, the fact remains is that this community is hurting. And when we were hurting, they stood with us. Doesn't matter whose fault you think it is right? I think it's our fault. We need to have these hard conversations in our homes as Black people. We need to challenge what issues or prejudices exist in our homes. If we're going to ask white folks to challenge their prejudices, we need to be willing to put that same energy in, right? And then if you have a problem with that statement, you can talk to me. Normally, I don't want to talk to anybody, but that time you can. Now, one thing that uh, Raka, Iris Science, did mention to me uh, before we move on, I just want to tag this, is that um, Asians in jail in California, Asian people roll with black people in jail. Right. So this isn't this isn't something that is a hard line written into the culture. So it's not genetic. It's not buried in our DNA somewhere. Um, Asian people often find community and solidarity with black folks. There's tons of examples of that if you just open your eyes and see, we have, you know, it works way more often than it doesn't work. Now that's not, we're not going to ignore the roots of the divide between our two communities. We will talk about that when we get to the way black history fact, but it works more often than it doesn't. In other words, we share, you know, Amy's here with us. Amy's a good friend of ours. She's, she's, she's a, lawyer that I've trusted many (laughs) times over many years uh, with all of my legal affairs. Absolutely. I think you're my power of attorney. I got your back. So, so so yeah. (laughs) Um, Also uh, by fighting amongst ourselves, I think that what we end up doing is fortifying white supremacy or white supremacist institutions. And those things needed to be said. But, you know, my brother told me that. And again, my brother is his mother is a Korean immigrant. So he has that perspective of being a black man, but also being half Korean. We share the same father. Um, we, we, we're we full brothers. That's how we treat each other. But, you know, his mother is different from my mother. But I know his mother. His mother used to change my diapers, too. Right. So anyway, um, I want to move on. Now. Let's talk about Aquafina.
1: Hmm.
0: Q, you heard about this, right? Bring us up to
2: speed. So Aquafina has been receiving some heat um, for her. I don't know the proper way to categorize the the accent or caricature of the way that Black people speak. That think that people think she's hmm.
1: maybe misappropriating the culture.
2: You said that as appropriately as possible. Yes. That's what
1: attorneys do. We, we mm, try to and, get the right words there. And she's, <laughs>
2: been, she's been receiving some backlash for that. Um, I have so many thoughts on everything that we're discussing. Uh, I won't give it all now. No, please, please. Um, I'm, this divide and conquer thing. White supremacist. Have brilliantly executed a divide and conquer plan that is thriving for multiple lifetimes now. I'm listening to you say this, and it's so obviously true that we have so much more in common than what divides and separates us. Mm but they have so masterfully caused us to focus on our differences Mm. and use those very, very small differences to divide us that it keeps us from ever really becoming this. And people listening to my voice can't see me balling up my fist, not in a way that's violent, but in a way that's uniting. All these separate people from all these separate cultures, all these separate um religions all these separate sociopolitical positions separate backgrounds together could be so powerful so strong and share so much love but we have been so expertly torn into pieces and torn apart from one another that it keeps us weak warring and divided and I have to say looking at these videos Ramses I've been so disappointed and I mean that in a way that when we talk about our sons and when we talk about our kids and they do some things that we know that they know better than I've watched them as like a disappointed parent in a way. It's the same emotion. Like, man, you're so much better than that. We're
0: so much better than that. Let me add to that too, that there's, there's people filming too. In some of these videos, yeah. people filming it, filming like it's sensational, and
2: not interacting like yeah. as if like they're just as if out. they're as if they're like we are right now, like how we're on the other side of the screens mm-hmm. and can't do anything but look at each other. Like to not, not interact. It, like something. that woman
1: who jumped in on the subway. Yeah, she was the hero who got beat up, and but these other people who are filming it are just like, uh to whatever. not
2: intervene in some of these cases is just as disgusting. Now, I recognize that in this social media era, in this smart camera phone era, a lot of people feel like by filming, I'm doing my part, right? And in the way that photographers and, and journalists did their part by exposing what was going on in Vietnam to people back here in America, once people could see it, and once people made it real, it got a response from people back here who weren't witnessing it firsthand. So as with George Floyd's murder, right? If we don't see that video, we know for a fact that the response around the country and around the world isn't the same. Because we saw it, because we had to watch it, the impact was felt in a much greater way than it would have otherwise. So I understand that some people think that by filming, they're somehow doing their part. But at some point, your human being has to kick back in. And and let's do something to try to prevent some of these heinous things from happening. Now, I have to understand and, and know and acknowledge Some people are afraid, right? And I won't call it cowardice, I'll just call it fear. Some people think that by interacting they could be harmed, maybe even killed. Um, But sometimes we can't just be audience to our brothers and sisters being brutalized in front of us.
1: I agree with that, but I also do feel like with the advent of the smartphone and all of the ability to film these actions, That's what is bringing all of the change about right now. Uh, Linda Friedman, who is the partner at the law firm that I'm co-counseling with out of Chicago, she says that all the time. She says these videos and the, the camera phones are what is changing the landscape of racism and the landscape of these corporations who have up until this point sometimes gotten away with Doing horrible things to people of color. So while I agree with you, Q, that, you know, we have a a bigger duty to sometimes step in, sometimes just filming these acts is actually a huge help towards the movement as well. So I don't, I just don't want to discount that. And I'm not saying that you were trying to discount it at all, Mm -hmm. but I do want to make the point that I feel that people who are filming these things are absolutely a huge part of the change as well
0: yeah i agree wholeheartedly now let me make sure that i flesh this aquafina thing out so she quit twitter first off from what i understand she's a lovely woman right she quit twitter and i'll say it because she was bullied right um Black people were giving her a hard time because of what they were calling her black scent, right? Um, She is from Queens. She grew up around black, but she's a rapper, you know? Um, I, I talk about him all the time on the show, Bootleg Kev. Bootleg Kev learned how to talk from me. I've known Kevin since he was three years old, right? And I was his big brother, his whole life still am. So if I do something and it's cool, he wants to do it, right? Very, very heavily influenced by me. And you can Google this white man who is thriving in a black environment. And people try to throw words like this at him all the time, as though he is somehow taking this accent and putting it into his mouth, and then he takes it out when he gets home or something. And, and this is what I believe people were thinking about Aquafina people that didn't do any research and people who just want to bully. That is not going to get us anywhere. That is, especially if we're bullying each other. She is someone who celebrated Black culture, partaken in Black culture, and has brought Black culture to. Uh, 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 a movie where the full cast is Chinese.
1: Crazy Rich Asians, correct?
0: Sure. And then there was another one. uh, I believe it was a Marvel movie, too. She was the one that was supposed to have some, like, flavor and
1: comedy or whatever. And that's really who she is. She's being genuine to herself. Thank you. And she's still being called out for putting on. And somebody needs
0: Mm -hmm. to say that. Somebody needs to say that. How does she? So she grows up and realizes, wait a minute, I'm Asian. I shouldn't talk like how I've been talking since I started talking, right? I should learn so how to sound Asian now. So unfair, right? It absolutely is. I, so I was
1: adopted and raised by a white, a white family. Okay. So the way that I speak sometimes is very proper and very white. And sometimes people say things like, oh, you're so well spoken. I can't change the way that I talk. Like I couldn't talk like Aquafina because I didn't grow up in Queens. I grew up in Washington state and Utah around yeah. white people. So I even know that. It's, it's really sad that she's being called out and, and people are trying to accuse her of not being herself when she's being her complete 100% genuine self. That is really, really sad. So l-
0: let me, let me read through this. So uh, to your point, if I grew up around Canadian people or Vietnamese people or Muslim, you know, uh, uh, Iraqi people and I end up having an Iraqi accent, you know, it, it doesn't really you, you can't accuse me of appropriating the culture. Right. Um, certain things can be cultural without being culture, cultural appropriation. Culture is something that human beings share in groups. Right. That it doesn't matter what color you are. That we're, now you're starting to talk about things like race. You know, Culture is something that you share, language, food, you know, et cetera. If someone grows up in your house and they don't look like you, well, guess what? They're going to get a heavy dose of your culture. And if they grow up with it, that is the culture. That's the base programming that they have. That's, it, the, that's the lens through which they see the world. They will learn later that their skin may not reflect that but imagine how confusing that might be if people are attacking them for what they got. Honestly, I'll continue. Um, she uh, OK, so Aquafina, she started rapping at 13. Um, she came out with an album, I believe it was called Yellow Ranger. Um, her, this is a direct quote from her as a non-black person of color. I stand by the fact that I will always listen and work tirelessly to understand the history and context of I believe it's African-American vernacular English, A-A-V-E, what is deemed appropriate or backwards toward progress of any and every marginalized group. Um, That was what she put on Twitter. And then she followed that up by saying, but I must emphasize to mock, belittle, or be unkind in any way possible at the expense of others is simply period, not period, my period, nature, period. It never has been and never was or sorry it never has and never was so this is her actual statement Love right her. Love so her she's saying that. look i'm with you i meant no offense you know but she can't say because it'll sound like an excuse hey this is how i talk this is how i talk but i can say it because i know it right and i'll leave you with this shout out to Raka taylor one time because he says look if we're giving up aquafina then we have to give back the Rizza, the Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Inspect the Deck, Raekwon the Chef, You God, Ghost Face Killer, and the Method Man, and Capadonna while you're playing around, and the Killer Bees, and Killer Army, the whole Wu Tang, you know, all that. Sha- Shaolin is an actual place, it's an actual temple, mm-hmm. a holy sacred temple. You want to talk about cultural appropriation where we just borrow a little bit when it's convenient and give it back when we don't want it. Let's talk about Wu-Tang. Everybody that has a problem with Aquafina, go look at Wu-Tang Whoa. Clan, right? That's deep. And then if you still have a problem, come see me. But I don't think you will. All right. Let me move on.
1: I never even thought of that. He Wu-Tang. That-,
0: that was potent, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Listen, let's talk about it. <laughs> we you need to go to Hawaii and see your brother. Go ahead. Do you remember Sons of Man when you were shouting out the entire Wu? Sons of Man, too. (laughs) OK, there's there's a there's a few of them, right? Yeah, that's that was a whole that is a whole movement. That Wu-Tang is forever. It's forever. (laughs) Listen, all right. I don't care how young you are. You know exactly who Wu-Tang Clan is. So don't don't pretend like you don't. And if we nobody wants to give back Wu-Tang Clan, you know, Method Man is still getting all of them are still getting money. Shout out to Cappadonna. Shout out to Queen Najah. Yeah, I think
1: both? we Aquafina needs to be let back in for sure. Yeah,
0: I don't think That's... she's going to get put as long as the right people say the right things. If you feel the way that you should feel, which is OK, we got to draw the line somewhere, then it might not be the worst thing in the world to have that conversation when it comes up in front of people who might not have that perspective. Go ahead, Q. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this
2: uh, on another show. I see a lot of us defending Mr. Rogan. Mm. If we're gonna jump to Joe Rogan's defense, we
0: must defend Aquafina Thank at you. all costs. Yes, indeed. Now, let me um let me flip this on its head, this Aquafina thing. All right. This is another video from Next Shark. Again, check them out. You know, when when our uh Mexican brothers and sisters, when they were hurting because this that old president was saying build the wall, and they were afraid for what would happen to them and their family members. And then there were kids in cages and the optics and the the, the the feeling surrounding their life, you know, the heaviness of that was happening. Um, this this is something similar that's happening to our Asian brothers and sisters, Asian American and Pacific Islander brothers and sisters. And we need to keep that same energy, all of us, even Mexican, even all we're all in, we all in it together, right? So Next chart, New York-based rapper—I don't even want to say her name—was battling. Uh, I have to say this name. The name is Nunchi Chinks, right? Uh, on December fourth, when she delivered this line, okay. Yeah, for those familiar with battle rapping, you basically insult the person that you're battling, right? The line says, "Quote: You are a lame disgrace." Should have played it safe. Now I could get chinks beaten in the street for no reason. Then hashtag stop Asian hate. And the the, the word chinks was referring to the name. But she used it sort of as a double entendre because as you know, and I can't say it now, that word that I said, which was the name of this other person, is also used as a slur for Asian people. It's, It's 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 weird because she she was doing a, a double entendre there but anyway and what
1: makes it so bad is that when she says and then i can hashtag stop asian hate she's alluding to the fact that people are jumping on and saying hey let's stop asian hate and they can pretend that they're on the side of the asian brothers and sisters who are fighting for the same rights but she was being
0: oh she was being negative flagrant, towards super it. flagrant let, here let watch mm-hmm. this so um while it's typical in a battle rap for two participants to exchange insults do the th- this rapper i don't even want to say her name uh the line sparked criticism on social media it's worth noting that her opponent despite her rapper name is not asian right so there is a rapper named Chinx drugs he spells it c-h-i-n-x that's just his name um and then there's this other rapper again I don't even want to say her name again because it's not spelled differently. So I, it might even, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, let's see. Despite her rapper name is not A- Asian. Okay. Quote, I flipped the derogatory name for Asians. Eh, I get it, but I don't know anything not offensive about battle rap. That's why I didn't get into it sooner. They certainly took me wrong, end quote. This is what she said on Twitter. Uh, She also accused Asians of being racist by referring to alleged actions by the Chinese government. Huh? And uh, she says after COVID, they wouldn't let Africans into uh, into places in China. They were wildly, openly racist. Um, You're right. And that's real life, not battle rap. So basically, she doubled down on this. She tried to make a a case for No, I should be able to say this right now. Everybody has a problem with Aquafina. I want you to take a good look at this lady right here. I I I didn't say her name, so it might be tough for you to look her up.
1: Well, and the issue I have with it, she's saying that she flipped the derogatory word for Asians, but she's not Asian herself. So just oh, like Oh, and neither
0: was the opponent.
1: Right. So just like you know, a lot of people have that same argument with the N-word, correct? Mm-hmm. And you know, black people have to some degree taken that word and tried to take the derogatory meaning from it and make their own meaning. But this woman is a black woman who took a derogatory word for an Asian person and is trying to say that she flipped it. I don't think it works. And
0: she's trying. doubling down. It's 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 sad. And we need to hold our own accountable. Far be it from us to charge white folks with policing their language or, you know, having some sort of tact when they speak if we can't do it ourselves
1: In it'd be part, interesting to have her on the show and have her explain how she thinks that she was allowed to flip it um
0: it would be Maybe. interesting but you know i try my best not to give bad people a stage okay. so <laughs> that part. we'll cross that all bridge right. when we come to it now it is time for the way black history fact and then i'm going to throw it to you because i know you're bottled up over there um but we're gonna we're gonna peel back some layers here so today's way black history fact this comes from vox all right What isn't new in times of anti-Asian sentiment is the focus on relationships between black and Asian communities. Many of the attacks that have gained widespread attention have featured black assailants and have threatened to inflame tensions between Asian Americans and black Americans. While Vox found no evidence that black Americans are predominantly responsible for this rise in attacks or that they are particularly hostile to Asian Americans relative to the rest of the population, the narrative of Black Asian hostility is rooted in immigration and economic policies that have historically pitted these communities against one another. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna give you a framework. I'm not going to give you an excuse, okay? This is a framework so you can understand and overcome, not so that you can double down. Don't do that, all right. Ultimately, there is a failure to remember what got America to this place of racial hierarchies and lingering black asian tensions white supremacy white supremacy is what created segregation policing and scarcity of resources in low-income neighborhoods as well as the creation of the quote model minority myth end quote thank you amy for that (laughs) all of which has driven a wedge between black and asian communities in fact it is white christian nationalism more than any other ideology that has shaped xenophobic and racist racist views around covid 19 According to a recent study and for black and Asian American communities to move forward, it is important to remember the root cause and fight together against it. There's already a long history of black Asian solidarity against oppression and structural racism. Listen up which has been obscured by these recent fissures in the late 1960s for instance black and asian activists led the third world liberation front movement to establish race and ethnic studies in college and university curriculums in california and today members of both communities are showing up for each other in demonstrations for black lives and against anti-asian violence i ramses ja rudy king taylor ii gave a speech at a stop asian hate rally Black as I am, and you know me, I am Vance of Black. I stand with them, and you should too. All right. In 1965, (laughs) the United States ended the quota-based system of immigration and began to push for high-skilled labor to enter the country. One group that was able to enter the country were Korean Americans who were hyper-selected. That is, they had much higher socioeconomic and educational attainment relative not only to their country of origin, but also to the native-born U.S. population. Um, Forgive me if I mispronounce this. Yin Le Espiritu, a professor of ethnic studies who specializes in Asian American studies at the University of California, San Diego, explained how this highly educated population came to the United States and was often unable to replicate the social status that they enjoyed in their home country due to racial discrimination and other barriers. Instead, they found employment as small business owners opening up shops in predominantly black communities. All right, footnote. Many of these immigrants didn't intend to be small businessmen. The structural context that is Korean immigrants couldn't regain the employment and educational status they once held, Espiritu told Box. Their proximity to black people was because they were only able to start businesses in, quote, economically disadvantaged areas, end quote. This coupled with the fact that anti-Black racism in financing meant Black people often couldn't start their own businesses, which sparked bitterness on both sides. Espiritu added that an additional barrier was that both groups had already been primed to mistrust each other. As Koreans consumed American media, they internalized the racist depictions of Black Americans as violent, uneducated, and poor. Similarly, Black Americans had watched with the rest of America as Koreans were depicted as untrustworthy during the Korean War. Uh, And I'm sure, this is me adding, and I'm sure there was something also with the war in Vietnam as well. Um, Okay. Edward T. Chang, a professor of ethnic studies at the University of California, Riverside, explained the middleman minority theory which helps further explain the tensions that arose at those korean-owned businesses middleman minority is a term derived from the historical experience of jews in europe and chinese in southeast asia and asian indians in africa chang told box middleman minorities exist between dominant and subordinate groups in society and often hold professions heavily concentrated in the retail and service industries like grocery markets and liquor stores, he explained. These groups often have daily contact with one another in a way that white Americans often do not due to segregated neighborhoods, shopping centers, and schools. Between the racist stereotypes of both groups, sorry, between the racist stereotypes both, both groups have internalized and the linguistic and cultural barriers separating them, it's little surprise that continual interactions could lead to conflict, in America's collective memory, the most notable such collision occurring in ni- during the 1992 Los Angeles riots sparked uh, by the acquittal of four white LAPD officers after they were videotaped beating Rodney King, a black man. Over the following week, more than 50 people were killed and a thousand were injured in the uprising that showcased not only anger at the verdict, but also longstanding resentments between black and Korean communities in the L.A. area. According to CNN, roughly half a billion dollars worth of damage was born by Korean owned businesses. So, nobody's blameless. Today, it's our turn black folks. Q, what do you think? We got about a minute. All of these things
2: uh, have had years to fester. And I hate to always take things back to our last presidential administration, but the the thing that they did during those eight years, or during those four years, I'm sorry, was convince people that there was no such thing as truth facts have become blurred and people have really really bought into conspiracy theory in a way that i'd never seen especially black people mm. right so when you have a bigoted racist xenophobic president pouring into these stereotypes and making an entire continent responsible for what has been one of the most difficult periods of most of our lives, then all those stereotypes, all that ignorance, all that hate, and all that divides us is given like a steroid. Everything exploded and and these like people being called carrier, that's absolutely born directly from that, from the way that they, that they characterized this pandemic. So accountability, um, we must do better we have to we cannot require of the rest of the world to treat us with civility and fairness and not do that ourselves and i don't care that it might be a
0: minority of us i don't it's care exactly cuz white folks could mm-hmm. say that they could say well it's not all white people that yeah. they behave like that and we and, and it just doesn't work that way it's up to you to challenge in your homes and in your neighborhoods and your walks of life. And right now it's up to black folks to do the same thing. So we, we are not allowed to require of others what we won't give. Period. There it is. Well said, well said Q that's, that's the point of the show, man, I, that we should retitle the show that. <laughs> so anyway, um, I would love to once again, thank our guest, the pineapple lawyer, the one and only Amy Owen.
1: Thank you for having me. Um,
0: we appreciate your insight perspective and, oftentimes legal uh, counsel
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Often, and um, and be sure to uh follow us on all social media uh, we're at civic Cipher. hit the website civic download this and any previous episodes once again i'm your host ramses job ja. i go by the name of q war ramses where can they find amy on social media
1: pineapple lawyer
0: there it is all right y'all <laughs> peace peace hey, yo, we had the Right back, hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders with press passes. We bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street Commander slash beat expander. Here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening? You got a question, then ask it. The news is just a TV show. Get past it. And this from a quiet wartime journalist. Headlines wake up,